Good afternoon and welcome into some hate the player, not the game. I am, as always, Lucas Owens. Got a lot to talk about today. We got the NFL draft going on. A lot of opinions about that. Uh, very uninformed opinions, I might want to add, but opinions nonetheless. Got draft day. Um, got a lot of talk going on about the MLB. A lot going on in the MLB these first few weeks, and uh, April's wrapping up. So we got the first full month of baseball all wrapped up in the books. So very excited to talk about that before finally finishing off with the NBA. So, yes, very packed show, depending on how you look at it. But first, let's talk about Draft Day. So Draft Day, 2014 American sports drama film uh, starring Kevin Costner. Might I add, one of the worst sports films ever made. Terrible film. Just absolutely terrible. Um, the reason I mentioned this is because it's, of course, draft day right now. And I wanted to talk about this film because I've been seeing a lot of stuff about this film on social media and the like. Um, and I just want to say this film is absolutely incomprehensible. So... It's really, this film is just terrible. You got, I think, somebody, um, what do you call it? Jack Hamilton of Slate probably had the best response to this film. The filmmaking here consists of making sure the camera is pointing at people who are explaining the film's plot to one another, preferably while they are wearing logos and standing in front of more logos. So... That's really what the film is. But, uh, of course, it does start Shadwick Boseman as Vontae Mack. Gotta love that. Rest in peace, Shadwick Boseman. Uh, but um, this is a pretty terrible film. It's, of course, about the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, so already got a strike off there. Uh, Sonny Weaver Jr., played by Kevin Costner, of course, dealing with the loss of his father, who was a coach for the Browns, so he got his job through nepotism. Um yeah, holding a secret love interest that's also working with the team. Got to strike that off there. Got to be upfront about your love. Um, trading for the first overall pick. And then, uh, you know, they got to deal with Vontae Mack no matter what because they want to draft Bo Callahan, but Vontae Mack wants to get this Vontae Mack to go first. And Sonny Weaver Jr. also kind of wants Vontae Mack to go first. And then get this, Sonny Weaver Jr. drafts Vontae Mack. And, of course, he get, almost gets fired. And then he has the most nonsensical trade ever where the Jacksonville Jaguars trade their pick, number six pick, in exchange for the second-round draft picks for three years, which is the worst trade ever made. And then gets another team to give them back their first-rounders that they traded to get the nonsensical first-rounder pick for a bunch for their first-round picks back to pass on quarterback. This film is stupid. This film is really stupid. It's nonsensical. It is amazing, though, and I love making fun of this film because it is absolutely terrible and, uh, you know, it might have caused uh, 
might have caused the Browns to draft Johnny Menzel. But, no. I'm just, but, very, very weird film. Let's actually talk about the NFL draft for a bit. I'm not too educated on... I shouldn't say I'm not too educated. I'm not an expert by any means on the NFL draft, unlike some people on the station. I'm sure if you're listening after the show, you're going to hear a lot about the NFL draft. But... um you know, it's interesting seeing the discourse going on. So, obviously, the number one pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence off Clemson. That's no surprise. Uh, number two pick, people are pretty confident the Jets are going to sa- select Zach Wilton. After that, though, things get crazy because the 49ers have the third pick, and nobody knows what the 49ers want to do. Um, and I don't know what the 49ers want to do, and I live about 10 minutes away from the stadium. But apparently they tried to trade for Aaron Rodgers last night. So a lot of confidence in whoever they pick at three, obviously. Um, And a lot of confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo because he was a part of that uh, trade, apparently. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, rough. I'm not sure who the uh, 49ers are going to draft. And then below them, we have one one of my favorite stories. As a Falcons fan, as a very big Falcons fan... One of the funniest things I've seen is the Falcons starting to get hilariously desperate. Just because they really have no clue what they are doing. They, there was something that came out earlier today that the Falcons have been fielding a bunch of calls to, uh, to uh, trade out of the fourth pick. Well, of course, they will be very happy to get Kyle Pitts. But they want to get out of the fourth pick nonetheless. So, yeah, the Falcons. This is Diana Rossini, who has been pretty on tap about the Falcons during this whole process. The Atlanta Falcons have taken calls from just about everyone. I was told there hasn't been an offer good enough to trade back. They are willing to keep listening. listening. As of now... T.E. Kyle Pitts would be a selection the Falcons would be thrilled about to have if he's available, which he would be available at number four. Nonetheless, they want to trade out of it. It's stupid. And this is, I mean, the leaks going on right now cannot be trusted, mostly because they're for, from people in front offices that are trying to drum up trade interests and interest in other players to, you know, make what, execute the plan that they want to do so nonetheless draft time very stupid um outside of that though the big thing going on is of course who will the 49ers draft at number three because people know it's gonna be lawrence wilson and then who will they draft at number three there's been a lot of stuff coming out that's gonna be mac jones or it's gonna be mac jones or trey lance um not kyle not justin fields for some reason uh very interesting to see. Um, as a whole, I think Justin Fields would be the safe pick. Uh, Mac Jones will probably get John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan some uh, a lot of hate. Uh, Trey Lance would be an interesting pick, though. Whatever happens, though, it's going to make the rest set the tone for the rest of the draft. And uh, I cannot wait for the Chicago Bears to trade up to number 10 to draft Davis Mills. But that's all I have for very uneducated, very 
on expert takes about the NFL draft. Thank you for listening. Make sure to stay tuned after this break as we steal some signs. Thank you for listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. Welcome back to Hate the Player, Not the Game. Let's steal some science. You know, the MLB is going strong. We are already a month into the baseball season. I saw somewhere it's about, depending on the team, about close to 15 to 20%. So, you know, fair amount of the season already gone. It's been a very entertaining first part of the season, though. Um, first of all, as always, let's go over the MLB standings for the week um, and then go over some power rankings. And uh, that song might drop some hints. Uh, you know, I always play the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but that song specifically. Too in love with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But um, let's go over the AL first. So leading the AL East is the Boston Red Sox. Um Winning eight, going eight of eight at home, but going eight and one away. Um, Three-game win streak going on right now. Then, of course, you got the Tampa Bay Rays below them at 13 and 12. Moving on to the AL Central, the Kansas City Royals are 15 and eight. Tied, excuse me, not in the best record in the league anymore. Close to it, though. And then you have the Chicago White Sox at 12 and 10. Just for the sake of simplicity, um, I'm only going to go over the teams that are above 500 at the moment, which there are a lot of in the AL West. So the Oakland A's, going off of that huge win streak they were on, are still 15 and 10, winning six out of 10 games so far this season. Um, the Houston Astros are one and a half games behind them at 13-11, and then the Los Angeles Angels and Seattle Mariners are both two games behind the A's at 12 and 11. In 13 and 12, specific, respectively. Moving on to the NL East, where there are currently no teams above 500, but the Phillies and Braves are both tied for first at exactly 500. Moving on to the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers are winning that division two games ahead of their nearest NL Central competitors at 14 and 10. The St. Louis Cardinals and Pittsburgh Pirates both at 12 and 12. Shocking to see the Chicago Cubs are last in the division, and this station is going to implode any day now. Finally, going on to the NOS, a beautiful division. The Los Angeles Dodgers and San Francisco Giants are currently tied for first. I think technically the Giants have the tiebreaker, though. Both at 60 and 9 still have not played each other. The Padres are two and a half games behind the LA and San Francisco teams at 14 and 12 
And then the Arizona Diamondbacks, much to the delight of Justin Bear, are 12 and 12, three and a half games back of the first place Giants and Padre and Dodgers. So, looking at the wild card standings right now, season ends today, which it very much doesn't for a month in, unlike last season, whereas this would be almost getting up too close to halfway through the season. Um, the Chicago White Sox and Houston Astros would be the wildcard teams from the AL. And then from the NL, it would be one of the Dodgers and the Giants, and then the Padres. So very interesting thing going on. But moving on to the uh, power rankings are specifically just the overall records in the uh in the in in the baseball sphere right now, we have a four-way tie for the best record. The Kansas City Royals, the LA Dodgers, the Boston Red Sox, and San Francisco Giants are all tied for the best record with the A's just one game behind them. Moving on to power rankings, though, this is why I played Danny California. We have four California teams in the top five. So, sadly, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California. Um, are not anywhere near the top five, but the Dodgers are number one. The San Diego Padres are number two. The Oakland A's are number three, which they continue to just rock it up there. And then surprise out of nowhere, the San Francisco Giants are at number five. These are, of course, the ESPN power rankings voted on by the writers of ESPN. Usually, I like them more than the than MLB.com's power rankings because MLB.com never actually gives any reasoning behind their rankings, but ESPN does. So, very interesting stuff going on in terms of MLB baseball chart the year. But moving on to some, you know, more specific stories going on in the baseball space. We had a giant bunny. At the San Francisco Giants camp, hard-hitting journalism right here. Uh, Alex the Great, a therapy bunny uh, for a friend duo that went to the game. They actually went to the game last night, but went to the game a week ago. Uh, and became social media darlings because they brought a giant bunny to a San Francisco Giants game. I just thought it was fun that somebody was bringing their therapy animal to a game in San Francisco right now. Truly love that people are getting back to ballpark. I cannot wait to get back to the ballpark. Going to be a lot of fun whenever that happens. Moving on to the other side of the bay, though, we have something important going on with the a Oakland A's continuing to struggle to uh, get this ballpark shenanigans uh, done. And really, this is just an interesting story because... Like, depending on how you look at the financials, this is either a really okay deal or it's a really bad deal. Um, and, you know, this is just a hard one to talk about. So, Oakland obviously is still paying for a lot of taxpayer subsidies to uh, that, happened, that got the Oakland Raiders back in 1995. But, of course, the Oakland Raiders are no longer in Oakland. So, now the city of Oakland is paying for all of it. Um, but the A's proposal, according to Daniel Bordenstein of the San Jose Mercury News, he's a pretty good columnist out there. Um, 
He thinks it's egregious, mostly because it would use taxpayer funding, tax tax dollars from the area around the ballpark to fund infrastructure improvements. Um, this is really just a hard deal to really understand. Um, you know, this is really just a start of a final negotiation because um, the A's have kind of been struggling to get any headway on this ballpark project. And, of course, they're going to aim high. They're going to have to readjust down. Um, it'll be an interesting deal. Hopefully, though, I hope things can work out for both sides to really get the best deal for both sides of this situation because, obviously, the Oakland A's have shown a great desire to stay in Oakland, um, and the East Bay has shown a great desire to keep the one last sports team that they have in the area. So, hopefully, things work out for both sides, and the Oakland A's are able to get a new ballpark built in Oakland. Um, and that's uh, one of the steps because people keep talking about MLB expansion because there was a new uh, number put on the table by Rob Manfred. About $2.2 billion is how much an expansion fee will be to buy a te new team for the MLB if they ever want to uh, expand again because uh, that's the average medium. But the MLB, MLB will not expand until either... The uh, either um, Tampa Bay or Oakland, like both of those teams, need to get their stadium deals figured out before they feel like they can comfortably expand, which is an interesting thought to think of. It's smart from MLB's perspective, still very weird. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit three runs in one night against the Nationals, including some against the Great pitcher from Mizzou, Max Scherzer. Um, thought that was great. He's definitely having a great year this year. Um, he's kind of taken a lo little bit longer than most people expected. People thought he was going to burst on the scene and get, be great. Kind of always felt like he's very young. It's going to take him a little bit to get up to the speed. But now we're seeing really the full potential of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, Shohei Otani continues to impress, and the Angels continue to disappoint this is a big story because the Angels continue to waste talent. Um, they really just need pitching, though. I mean, the bats are there. They certainly have the talent in the lineup. It's the bullpen and the starting rotation are just very bad for the uh, Angels right now. And really hope they uh, get things to not be this bad. Um Jeff British stepped down from being the GM of the Colorado Rockies. So, Colorado ownership was forced to choose between the GM and Nolan Arenado. They chose neither because uh, Jeff British very much just stepped down as soon as things got bad for Colorado. Um, this is a move that's very much celebrated by Rockies fans. Nobody really likes Jeff British. Uh, doesn't make a lot of deals and... You know, got rid of Nolan Arenado and gave the Cardinals $50 million to deal with it. Um, yeah, just a weird situation all around. And then finally, before I take a quick break here, Madison Bumgar threw a seven-inning no-hitter. Of course, this was because it was a doubleheader. The Braves actually had only one hit the entire game, the entire day. In two games, 14 innings, the Braves had one hit. 
just ridiculous. Um, you know, no hitters are very interesting topic to discuss right now of course with the 780 double header this opens up a whole another can of worms um you know it's a pretty impressive feat nonetheless regardless of if you count it as a no hitter or not um it's a very big feat to pitch a full game even if it is seven innings and not allow a hit but that is all i have for the first half of ceiling science after a break let's go through some League leaders in another section. Thank you for listening. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject. Welcome back to Hate the Player, Not the Game. Let's go over some more ceiling signs. And I wanted to try something new out here today. Um, of course, I got something new on the second to last show. Gotta love that. But uh, let's look at some war leaders. Because, honestly, I mean, you can go over average. You can go over home runs. You can go over everything. Um, really, if you want to just have that all condensed down, I prefer to go over wars. This is B war, so baseball reference war. Um, I don't. I'm not a big fan of F war, um, but um, yeah. So let's go over this. So the leader in war right now. Um, this is going to make Nash Walker very happy. Byron Buxton, batting 438, eight home runs, 14 RBI, two stolen bases, and just 64 at bats. That is insane. He's having a great year. Honestly, a little bit of a shame that the Twins are performing the way they are because certainly he is doing great comparatively to the rest of the team. Below him, though, right now is Jacob DeGrom. So DeGrom finally got some wins, uh, two wins, 0.51 ERA in five games. So um, fantastic start to the season for DeGrom, who I believe at one point, had more RBI than earned runs allowed. I think he might still have that, honestly, but not going to be able to check right now. Um, and then past that, at number three, and what I'm going to finish this off at, of course, Mike Trout, 1.8 war to start the season, batting 420 and 69 at-bats. People are going to go crazy about that. Um, but, yeah, so he's having a good start, but, I mean... It's Mike Trout. <laughs> what do you really expect at this point? Um, moving on, though, the Brewers continue to have insane pitching. I believe they are second in the league behind. I think they actually managed to uh, they managed to pass the Giants for uh, team leaders, team lead in uh, ERA. So that's crazy to see. That is crazy to see. Um, they're having a great year, though. Of course, people are going crazy about Corbin Burns. Uh, not to go undetected, uh, Josh Hader continues to improve as a relief pitcher. He's he's crazy, man. He is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, just not enough to describe. Pitching has been dominant, of course, for every team to start the year. Pitching is just, as a whole, 
much uh, much better than uh, the uh, hitting to start the year. Actually, we have some pass. I guess Milwaukee did not have a good night because uh, the San Diego Padres now actually leading in the all right with the Giants just behind them. So the Milwaukee Brewers fell out of favor. So crazy to see. Um, moving on, Wandy Baralta traded for Michael Talkman. So this is a trade between the New York Yankees who send over Talkman to the San Francisco Giants. Sending over one of their lefty relievers, which I have too many over of, Wendy Peralta. So, I like this trade. Uh, Talkman just had a pretty good night last night. Um, I like that trade for everybody. And then finally, before I have to go, gotta get to the NBA in a second. Javier Baez continues to struggle to the surprise of really nobody. He's been trending this way for a while. Um... You know, the problem with Javier Baez is that he just doesn't know what to strike. No plate discipline, honestly. It's sad to see. If he had any plate discipline, he'd be great. Um, I believe he has about 36 strikeouts to one walk right now, which is ridiculous. But that is all I have for ceiling signs looking at the MLB. Thank you for listening to that. After the break, going to quickly... Go over the NBA. Thank you for listening to KCLU 88.1 FM. Welcome back to Hate the Player, Not the Game. Let's look in the general direction of the NBA with the last five minutes we have. Of course, running overtime, so going to have to cut it short a little bit. Um... Big news in the NBA. Teams are finally starting to clinch playoff spots. Nice to see the Phoenix Suns breaking a 10-year streak of not making the playoffs and just clinched last night. Big moment for Phoenix Suns fans. Um, love to see it. But um, regardless of that, the other three teams who have clinched spots so far are the Utah Jazz, who are currently first place in the Western Conference, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Philadelphia 76ers, who are 1-2 in the Eastern Conference. Um, teams are getting closer to that. And even more fun, we have teams getting eliminated. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Houston Rockets, first to go. Stuff to see for those teams. Did not expect them to make the playoffs anyway. Um, outside of that, um, you know, standings are really, I'm not even going to go through them because they're really ironed out at this point. Uh, some going to go over two teams. First of all, the Golden State Warriors, who befuddle me. Um, they do have a game tonight at the Timberwolves, so hopefully they will be able to strike back. Um, however, they really struggled against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they lost 133-103 to 103 as Luka Doncic scored 39 points. Uh, Steph Curry scored 27 points. Nobody else on the Warriors did anything. Um, you know, the Mavericks went on a crazy run. I believe it was 28-0. to zero. Um, Yeah, so really no hope for the Warriors after that point. That run just didn't make a lot of sense. The Warriors are an interesting... hate using the word interesting, but they're an interesting team just because they've shown spurts of being good. You know, they beat the Nuggets, they will beat the 76ers, and then they'll lose to the Wizards, they'll lose to the Celtics, they'll lose to the Mavericks by 30. Um, they just don't make a lot of sense. I'm going to be very intrigued to see what they do in the playoffs. 
Um, they're a very hot and cold team. Um, so who knows how that's going to work in playoff series. I have a prediction. Not good. Um, another team other team I want to talk about, though, is the Washington Wizards. Because this team, well, insane win streak. And then they lost against the Spurs. And then only to beat the Lakers again last night. Man, this team just plays with a very different energy right now. Um, especially you could tell if you watch that game against the Lakers. Um, you know, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are really starting to gel together. And the rest of the team is starting to play with just that edge to them that's really leading to Washington having a lot of success. And they find themselves in the playoffs now or in the playing tournament. They're the intensity right now of the East. They're going to keep going up. Um, so, really, this is just a lot of fun to see. Um, and I hope for Washington to continue to grow in that way. However, that is going to do it for Hate the Player, Not the Game. If you choose to be one of those people that watches the NFL draft tonight, I hope you have a very, very good time. I will be watching up until the Falcons pick, and then I will have to do some other work. But regardless, thank you for listening to Hate the Player, Not the Game on KCLU 8.1 FM. I have been Lucas Owens. Make sure to, as always, to stay safe, stay healthy. Adios.